Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast. If you're new here, we basically, it's like a bunch of dudes sitting around a campfire talking. Myself, Trevor, Steven, and Kyle uh, host the podcast. We usually host it separately. You'll kind of have to listen to see what host you have that week and what guests that you have on. If you'd like to find us on Instagram, you can do that at frlock. And thanks for listening. I sure did. All right. Well, I guess that's the start of it. <laughs> so right. uh, today we have uh, Dean uh, on Instagram. Your username it's, is Dean Green. Is that how you pronounce your last name? It's Green, like Green, green. Sand, but yeah. Gotcha. So he has a pretty badass fourth gen forerunner build. And I'm sure if you guys don't already follow him, you'll enjoy his page because he's got all kinds of cool shenanigans and he has a really unique and badass fourth gen forerunner build. So uh, I'll let you go ahead and introduce yourself. And tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. All righty. So I'm Dean Gray, as he said. I have a 05 Toyota 4Runner that I saw also swapped. And within doing that, I went about making it as a pre-runner setup. So it has coilover bypass and it has full hydro on it now. Nice. Uh, the rear, rear setup, I have a Z-Link setup. So my uppers go to the rear of the truck instead of forward. So it's a traditional four link, but reverse uppers. And then I, it's fully caged, has full comms and all that goodies. And it's still yeah. the V6 with the FJ case in it, the five speed. So it's- Oh, it's still V6. Drive, yeah, it's drivetrain wise, it's pretty stock. I have like an intake on it, like little basic things, but no performance upgrades, just all suspension. It gets down though. It, Oh, yeah. seem, I thought it had a V8 because the way it gets down, but no, yeah. I just rever rever to five grand. <laughs> yeah. So if you guys, uh, while you're listening, you should probably check out his Instagram just to kind of get an idea of what uh, what we're talking about. It's it's basically like a solid axle pre runner in a way, but it gets yeah. down in the rocks too. So and you got what coilovers and bypasses on all four corners. Yeah, and then the rear trailing arm. So it's the rear actually works pretty well. Like I was so surprised when I finished it and drove it. I yeah. thought for sure my first like real link setup, I was not going to work. And I was very surprised. How much travel are you getting out of the rear on that thing? Uh, 22, but I have it strapped at 20. Gotcha. And is that just for bumping and strapped to protect shocks and stuff? Or is it? Uh, yeah, it, it's bumping strapped because setup? it's for, well, so the shocks do hold the axle, but it's also it's to protect those. But if it goes past my axle, will wrap backwards because the Z link. Gotcha. So it'll, so it'll just a little bit pull the drive shaft apart. Gotcha. Yeah, that's the that's the issue with that type of setup is yeah. you're limited, but 20 inches of travel is not uh, too limited <laughs> by any means. Yeah, and, not... and it's weird. Like if you ever do like set up your own link setup and you look at like the Z, like the four link calculator and all that stuff, mm-hmm. a Z link. If you look at it, it's it's hard to figure out on that calculator, but it's completely backwards. Like normally at full bump, you have more anti squat. Mm-hmm. And then at droop, droop, it's zero or like well, should be zero. Mine's the opposite. Full droop, it has super high anti squat. Huh. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so it's like if I set the ride height wrong, it just pogo's and goes full strap. So I have to have it sitting low. Oh, gotcha. so it, it That's why yours is a little bit lower in the rear. Yeah. To help with that. Gotcha. Yeah, I, tr- I tried to get it so it'd be level, but just the way I places where I was able to mount the links, I was very limited. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, that's the struggle with any suspension setup is your compromises without 
how much do you want to cut? Do you want to cut out the frame, move the fuel to the fuel tank to the rear, or do a fuel cell in the rear? It's just it gets really complicated. Which is why I did the Z Link so I could leave the gas tank. Because the whole point was being city of California is keeping the smog. Oh right. Oh that's a priority for you. (laughs) Well, I I did the Z Link and then I made the smog work and then it still didn't pass, still through codes. So it's it's registered somewhere else. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, might as well LS swap it, change the link setup. You can do all, well, anything you want at this point. That's the plan. Eventually, it's going to get front half and back half. So, nice. oh shit, nice. Yeah. So, what uh, on the rear axle? Are you running a stock axle? Or are you running super? No, I, I have a I have an Econoline four nine inch. Oh, okay. So junkyard yeah. axle. Give it like yeah, it, trust and all that. Yeah, just truss, so upper and back truss, and then it just has a spool with uh, 488 gears. And just right now it has old school Jegs Cabrali shafts in it. So it's it, it, <laughs> the, sh- the shafts are 15 years old. I bought the whole axle for like 100 bucks. Oh, wow. And you've been, yeah. you're, you're running 37s? Yeah. Yeah. On is it, using it, using it. How many is splines? It, it's semi float in the rear? Yeah. How many yeah, splines I, is it? 31. So it's, I'm pushing and it's still it, holding up. Yeah. I'm just I'm just waiting for my wheel to pass me one of these days. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, with the way you're driving and hucking it, you know, you're not just like going fast either. You're jumping it. You're planting the rocks. You're doing all kinds of shit. So I'm surprised, but I guess Chromoly shafts they work. What's what's the what's the front end setup look like? Is it uh uh it looks like a like a diamond housing eight inch or something like that? Yeah. So the front's weird. I have a I did a Toyota eight inch center. With Dana 60 Kingpin outers. Okay. So oh, I wow. have thir- 35 spine outers and then the inner f- on the uh, carrier is a 30, uh, 30 spine for a Toyota. Nice. Wow. So that's I all. think I've ever seen that. Yeah. it's I, I did it at the beginning for weight savings for mm-hmm. the unsprung weight. So it works well in the whoops. But then gotcha. now I've, I've blown up and broken axle shaft so many times. I'm on the verge of doing a, a 960. So there yeah. you go. That's like the most ideal setup. Just yeah, just a little more cost, right? That's all. Oh well, <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, I have all the outers already, and then I have Brannock shafts, so all I have to change is the actual inner. Oh, so okay. The Brannocks are spline on both sides, and then the actual part that hooks the U joint is its own separate cut. Right. Gotcha. So that that's sweet. Well. That that's actually there's a few guys up here that run a setup like that. Uh, they run eight inch centers, and then. 60 or even like super 60 outers because that shit's so cheap to get yes and then uh this the 6009 or the 609 whatever you want to call it's becoming super common too which i think that's such an ideal setup that yeah run a high pinion nine inch in the front super light still compared to like an actual like full cast dana 60 housing weighs so much right compared to 200 probably 200 pounds difference by the time it's all done yeah if not and, more yeah and for what i'm trying to do the unsprung weight is huge oh, yeah. especially in the front because i have only five inches of up travel oh wow so that's why you want to front half it so that you can push yeah. the axle forward and get more up yeah travel or when, I, when i do all that that's when ellis goes and i'm going to push it back into into the firewall. firewall and then have the axle forward since i'm full hydro i don't have to worry about steering linkage or anything right ah very cool that makes things way easier it will basically just be like a bomber fab chassis, just built with uh, air conditioning. Runner. Yeah, with air, air conditioning and heat. Yeah, I like Hell that. Yeah. That's so the what got right there. What got you into off roading? How long ago did you start off roading? How'd you start? So I've done it since I was in a diapers. 
my uh my whole family does it. my grandparents my brother his girlfriend like all of us we all do off-road uh my brother actually has a pretty sick baja bug that we're actually building right now this is what i just got back from doing so nice. uh I actually met your but, brother uh a couple of years a year ago or something at the baja society event i met your yeah. brother and your dad and he's like they're telling me about your building i'm like what the fuck like how have i never heard of this thing i my didn't son, i, had not I saw it there you sent it to me it was fucking wild yeah my truck was there yeah was i saw it while i was there after they were telling me yeah. about it i saw it later that night and i was like mind blown yeah it's fucking badass yeah, I got third place at that. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there you go. But somehow the guy in the uh, rock crawler per runner at a Volkswagen bug event got third place. <laughs> nice. And there's some badass <laughs> bugs there, too. Oh, yeah. But yeah. And then so the we used to be all into the sand and like going to Glamis and Rogue Quas and did that whole thing and like the sand cars and stuff. And then we moved over into the high desert stuff. My grandpa lives out in Yucca Valley and he was part of like the start of king of the hammer so we started that whole thing oh, and that's where the whole rock crawler build kind of thing started especially gotcha. my dad has his jeep my mom has a jeeps and they all go wheeling so i was like i need something with four by four so right nice so have you, how long have you guys been into i mean obviously since the beginning of the king of the hammers you guys have been into rock crawling basically your whole all life right. or what yeah uh the rock crawling thing we have basically started king of the hammers when all that started happening it was weird when we started doing the high desert stuff and like the not the sand, like going out and actually running trails instead of just having a wide open. You mm -hmm. You're just choosing lines the whole time. Now it's different. That's why the rocks is so much fun because it's still the same thing. Like you have to choose your line. Mm -hmm. And it compared just to like eat the shit out of your vehicles in the rocks compared to the sand too. Yeah, totally different. Yeah, you can have a pretty car in the sand, not in the rocks. Yeah, it just doesn't <laughs> work the same. The yeah. sand car could be super light and simple and easy build for the most part and. Yeah, my Rocks truck used to have a straight cab. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how now most get, of us started. <laughs> yeah, now I got a smash quarter panel and some things in the doors and cracked fiberglass. So. Oh, yeah, and you're running fiberglass up front. Yeah, that needs to change. I can't see over the hood. So, <laughs> no Are shit. you running a front clip or are you just the fiberglass itself? Just fenders. But just the way my truck sits when I'm in the rocks, as soon as I start climbing, mm -hmm. I can't see. And then my tires are only stick out of the fenders so much. So... When I'm climbing, I stick my head out. All I see is a big fender in the way. So I can't, like, see tire placement. It's all just, like, driving by Braille. Oh, shit. I see, I see a line, and I just, all right, have to remember that line. It's like right. doing a puzzle, just having to remember the whole thing. Yo. Damn. Did, so did you always have the Forerunner? Did you have anything before that? Uh, my first truck was a Nissan Frontier. And then oh, I, really? Yeah, nice come then up, man. Yeah. <laughs> And then I went was it to the, a pre runner or something or just a stock truck? It was stock with a little leveling kit and uh, like 31 inch tires and some steelies on it. A little high school runner. Yeah. Nice. Just beat the shit out of it like all of oh, us yeah. when we first oh, yeah. get into it. So many ball joints went through that thing. I <laughs> <laughs> never but fail then, on you? Uh, I never. On you? I broke them a lot, but I never had them completely snap off. Oh, nice. Not like us, our third gen forerunner guys, right? No, so, somehow those ball joints. Well, the leveling kit I had was an upper arm, and they put one ton ball joints in it, so it was actually pretty cool. It just nice. I, I overextended it so many times because it needed limit straps, but at that time <laughs> I didn't know what that was, right? Yeah, it didn't break your spindle. That's cool, yeah. Somehow, yeah, that that's thing the, went through the Toyota trucks, they just break the spindle. The upper control arm just stays good, the spindles always yeah. break. Yeah, that's one of the reasons I went to the 
to the solid act. So I destroyed the front end. I had like a that toy tech kit with like I can't remember what upper arm I had on it, but it was like that. I had the whole boss setup on it, and it used to oh, be okay. a full it used to be a full over overland build. I had a tent on it with the whole rack in the back and all that stuff, full camping rig. And then you're one of those guys that we like to make fun of. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Carried 700 pounds of weight behind the back seat, just full of camping crap. It's funny how it goes from one extreme to another, though. Now you have this freaking, yeah. I don't Race even know rock. what you want to call it, a, a rock crawler pre-runner. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a mini Ultra traction. 4 car, basically. And that was the goal, was basically like a Ultra 4 pre-runner so I could go run for racing and stuff. But Yeah. The team that I used to pit for sold the car and dwindled away, so now I got a pre-runner for it, but the car's right. gone. Very cool. Uh, where do you guys normally like to go? Just mostly like Johnson Valley stuff, or do you go out other places? Yeah, we, we do both, mostly Johnson Valley. We have uh, some land out there that we camp at over by the Buttes, so that's kind of the stomping ground. We usually over on the Lucerne side, do, r- running the Buttes and all like the desert race course stuff. Gotcha. So yeah. on your build, did you do all the work yourself? So you a, you're an engineer is what we talked about earlier. So yeah. I'm guessing you did a lot of that stuff. So the whole, the first stage of the solid uncle swap in the cage, it used to have Deavers in the rear. I paid someone to do. <clears throat> and so that got all set up and then I got it home and I wasn't completely happy with the way it works. So I redid a lot of the front uh like set up reset the links because it had a bunch of like weird anti-dive and a bunch of clearance issues so i redid all that stuff and then obviously the rear link setup i did myself but the cage the cage mostly i just at the time i didn't trust myself to build a cage something that's supposed to save my life so i paid someone to do it smart yeah fair smarter than most of us (laughs) i mean if it now now that i've done all this stuff i'd totally do myself but at yeah. the time, I, I didn't feel comfortable to do it. Did you grow up doing any of the fab work or anything like that? Because I know your family's been involved forever. Nope. It was all Jeeps before, so it was all bolt-on stuff. So this ah. was the first first real fabricate, like fab project that we did. My rock sliders were the first thing I ever welded, and they, they're rock they're sliders. They're up, though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I smashed one up in the door and got a nice sledgehammer and bent it down. Yep, so I've it, done that many times. But I built mine out of the wrong material. I built I mean, it out of, like all, hot rolled and welded. Yeah, mine's, mine's all DOM. It just the leverage point coming off the frame and welded to the frame is just a lot when you have the mm. whole rig sitting on it. Gotcha. You Damn. have sliders built like super beef and like they still flex. So, and I think it's just a Toyota frame flexing like that whole. Well, the, yeah, it could be the, the frames are so thin. Yeah, and then the bushings too. The bushings, yep. you know, your, your cab sliding back down onto. Yeah. Yep onto that just yeah, tear shit up that's the in a few weeks i'm tying the whole cabin in the cage so it stops moving right, right, there you right go. now it makes so much noise just smacking against the cage because it's just free floating the cage is mounted to the frame oh shit so it's louder so, than my passes by a lot huh oh yeah you, you have to wear headsets in my truck it's noisy really yeah. you think it's gonna get a lot louder with it being welded to the cab uh i'm hoping or- it quiet some of the noises down just because right now my doors and stuff like shutter because mm. it's there the cabs hitting against the cage and then it's flexing on the cab gotcha. so i'm hoping some of that noise goes away but i know n- not all of it will that thing's gutted okay. so 
There's no yeah, interior. That's one thing I'm not looking forward to on mine. It's yeah. The noise. I always like quiet cabs. No loud exhaust. None of that stuff. Just nice yeah. and comfortable. Well, well, the way you're doing your truck, it's it's yeah. gonna be loud. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm trying to figure out ways to make it where it's not, but I don't think or I don't think as quite as possible. I, guess I, mean, is I, what I, I have say. like the the kilomat sound deadening stuff and all mm -hmm. that in my truck, and it's still loud. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, I don't know if there's any way, like, I'm trying to get, like, as there's only so much room you could fit between suspension, transfer cases, you know, transmission, all that stuff. There's only so much room you could fit in a, a muffler. And so, like, yeah. exhaust-wise, like, I have, like, this much room for a muffler. I'm like, fuck, like, yeah. I hate loud exhaust unless it's, like, on a race car, and mine's not really a race car. At so. least it's an LS now, so it'll sound decent. Yeah, it'll yeah sound it doesn't, it's not a little shitty V6, 3.4 V6. When I... Because, like, fitting exhaust and shit is tight. When I cut both my lower cats off, allegedly, thank you, EPA. Uh, <laughs> and I ran it to the Flowmaster 40 series I had on there before. And then I didn't dump it over the axle. I just dumped it in front. Everything the same setup as before. But now I didn't realize how much resonation those cats took out. It oh, sounded yeah. like a fucking straight pipe 350Z. So I put a glass pack in front of the 40 series as, like, that a resonator. Shit, huh? <laughs> no, it helped dramatically. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I routed it up and over the cross member in the rear and dumped it behind the rear axle completely. Like it sounds, it's still louder than I want, but it like it sounds okay now. Before it mm. sounded, it literally sounded like a fucking 350Z, and I was like, this is not okay. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to that at all. So trying to find ways I can stuff another because I'm gonna be cutting out the floor so much that I could yeah. probably I'm trying to like make a pocket within like the floor where I could fit another exhaust maybe or another muffler. Yeah. You thought of doing outside the frame rails, like uh, running, uh, what do they call them? Running the headers out over the uh, the frame and running above the sliders. Outside. Yeah, above the sliders. Because then I you have a lot of room. room. I don't know if I have room for that, though. I mean, there's so. If you're running exit so, on either so side, you only need two and a quarter. Two, yeah. Two and, yeah, probably yeah. two and a quarter would be fine. But it's the muffler. That's really the issue. Is where do I fit a freaking muffler? I don't know. That's the hard part. Yeah. I mean, you could run it's it out and then the... connect them back behind over the axle and then run the muffler out True. the back. I yeah, think you commit, Steven, Good. and you run, uh, put a turbo on it, and then <laughs> exit out the hood. There's, there's the, the problem is I have a little truck that has a lot of stuff, and I don't have room for anything. That's the hard part. So we, so we and Caleb, because he's the one that did the motor swap for me, we talked about, like, okay, well, let's like plan for the future, because the future is I want to have more power like as I get to that point where I need it. And uh, turbo was the first thing that came up. So we talked about it, but I don't know, like, where am I going to fit an intercooler? Like, there's no freaking room for an intercooler. So I think what we're going to do at some point is supercharger. And Someday. Louder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, turbos make engines quieter. <laughs> yeah. Superchargers make engines louder. <laughs> yeah. I don't know about all that. Yeah. I don't know. I just like things to be a little bit quieter. So you I have all the music. room in the world outside of the hood on the front of the car. A big <laughs> old 88 just sticking right out the middle of the hood. Yeah, but then the intercooler. I've seen uh, someone recently did something with a... Uh, they had the intercooler like mounted like up on top of the engine like sideways. I don't remember what vehicle. I saw it on Instagram. Someone shared something. It's fucking weird. Really? Yeah, like, they cut the hood... And did some weird shit where it's like there's a little bit. Of, they're about to build a hood scoop over it, so that way it can suck air into the intercooler. I, but sitting, I on actually top saw of that. there's a sleeper like C10 
my brother sent me on Instagram. It's, so you know, like the turbo back, like so you put the turbo way back on the exhaust pipe. Yeah, yeah. So he ran his his uh, intercooler piping all the way up, and his intercooler is in his glove box. Oh shit! And it was I super. Like I don't know how he got the air to it, but it's it was cool because now, like you pop the hood, and it looks like a little crappy like. Probably just turn on the air Chevy. conditioner. <laughs> yeah, it looked like a crappy small luxury when you pop the hood because like everything was tucked up in the bed. The intercooler piping went through the frame rail. Like it was super sleeper. Oh, that's pretty cool. So it just looks like a stock motor for the most part. Yeah, yeah, you can't like see that. any of it. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I got to be like, a little more creative, I guess. Factory like STIs. I don't know when if they ever stopped doing it or when they would have stopped doing it. But like factory STIs, see. The hood scoop on an STI is actually functional, and the intercooler sits right on top of the intake, right below that hood scoop, and that scoop just delivers to the uh, intercooler to try to cool it. Hmm. I may have to think about that then. Because, yeah, turbos are always cooler. I mean, way cooler than superchargers, just for the cool factor. I don't know. The sound of superchargers sounds so cool. Like, when they're like someone's coming at you and it's supercharged, and all you hear is the whine of the supercharger. I love that. Yeah, that's but, pretty cool too. I don't know. Yeah. I don't think I really need it anytime soon. It's just one of those things that like got to prep for the future, right? Because the rabbit well, hole never what, goes away. What engine is, are you putting in? Is it like a built LS? No, it's just a five point three LM seven. Only thing okay, that so... we we did to it was a uh, cam, a sloppy stage two cam, and then springs. Okay, so, so it still makes a good power. Like you're talking yeah, lights. Yeah, exactly. The truck. Oh, it's gonna be sort of light full cage with you know ac windows yeah. all that stuff so i'm expecting probably between 5500 and 6000 pounds any idea how much yours weighs really? mine weighs 5000 you think it is it really have you weighed it yeah i put it on a scale well this is before the links and it only weighed 5000 with me sitting in it gotcha so i'm thinking with with loaded up i think i'm going to be at closer to like over 5500 pounds because i have you know me my wife my kid my two kids that obviously yeah. adds I don't know that them three together is probably only 200 pounds, but between <laughs> fuel cell, the shocks, you know, all that stuff, bigger yeah, axle. I, I need know. to weigh mine again. Cause I don't know if the skill I put it on was right. Cause it, I mean, my truck's fully gutted. There's like nothing really to it. Wow. So, okay. but everybody else I see with the four to solid axle trucks, they're pushing six over six, like oh, pushing seven. Some of them. Oh shit. Yeah. So when, when I weighed mine and it was 5,000 pounds, I was like pretty surprised stripped interior full cage like i mean like between like five and 55 or between like five and 55 like i can't imagine it being much over that my fj loaded uh with all my camping gear everything and me in it's like 5250 yeah see and it's it's cageless and shit but like that's with all my camping gear so without that in there it's probably 4900 pounds with me in it, something like that. So. Yeah, my the V6 Forerunner, I think factory was forty four hundred pounds. That sounds and right. Forty four, forty six. My frame, I stripped so much of the stock cross members out and just did right. a lot of t- tube lacing, which weighs less. And then right. all the interior, like you're, if you pull the seats out of a freaking Fortune Forerunner, they're oh, heavy. they're heavy. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. They're way heavy. The stock seats are way heavier because of all you, the electronics and shit. With especially with the two front seats and the three back seats those those five seating areas alone probably weigh as much as your cage does that yeah that's what i'm thinking because when i pull the seats out because the bucket seats weigh like 20 pounds if yeah. that and then my yeah. rear bench seat i it 
probably weighs less than that. The thing is like nothing. Yeah. They pick it up with like one hand. I put it in there, just throw it in. Is your cage 120 wall? Uh, yeah, it's 120 wall, and then the lacing is 095. Okay. Gotcha. But yeah, my, I mean, my, it... yeah, my mains are all the mains and the pillars are two inch though. Okay. Gotcha. Or is your yeah. uh, support the inner intermediate tubes or whatever you want to call it? They all like inch and three quarter, or they're all two inch. Just they're inch and three quarter. Gotcha. So you're able yeah. to lighten it up there too. So yeah. I'm going to be doing two inch. And then I'll be doing 095 for like the in intermediate tubes, the support tubes, anything yeah, less one, than like two feet or so. The one thing with my truck I didn't realize is why I put a cage in it. That foreigners don't have a lot of headroom. No, yeah, no. try a third gen. <laughs> I sat in it yesterday or uh, on Sunday. I was sitting it trying to like scope out where I'm going to land the or the B pillar tube like behind my head, and yeah. I'm like, fuck, like there is no room, and I have the seats like sitting on the floor. Yeah, I'm like how can I? put tabs through the floor to get it to sit lower because <laughs> i can't freaking i barely see, sit my, my seats are actually raised up kind of high because i'm not that tall mm -hmm. so i have them so just so i can see over the dash because i had them sitting low before and i couldn't see over the dash i was just staring yep. at the cluster yep when i put my sparco in my as my driver's seat i put it on a basic uh rail and mount and i think I raised it up from the, it was, I think it was a planet sink mount that I used. I raised it up. Uh, I just cut the bracket off and made it taller. I think I'm like seven inches off the floor of my FJ. Yeah. So I could see out of the fucking thing. Oh, yeah, wow. Mine's probably about the same, like yeah. six, seven inches off. Maybe my seat's but, just a little bit higher. Cause I have, uh, I have a PRPs, but they're the, the podium elites. So they have a little right. bit more cushion, but I don't yep. expect them yep. to be that much more. No, so, they shouldn't be. But, I guess the third gen is a lot smaller. Yeah. And, and I'm six foot. So I think my seat, my Sparco is like an inch and a half shorter than what my factory seat was still. And FJs, you naturally uh, sit like super tall in, and there's actually quite a bit of headroom in them compared to even uh, like four gens. But third gens, you sit kind of low, like almost in like yeah. a, in like a car seating position where you're like, it's basically a station wagon. Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, they're not very. Yeah, I, I was talking to my wife uh, yesterday because I was having her like measure like where my head is. Cause I'm trying to leave like you know, I'm trying to build it to race rule book to, if I choose yeah. to. So, so you, you get that leave, helmet. Yeah, you have to have five inches or something like that, or something yeah. uh, above your head or something. So uh, yeah. Do you want me to edit the part out where you said your wife was measuring your head? <laughs> no no we don't All want right. anyone to know how small that is okay <laughs> uh, but yeah building the cage is tough for sure i mean i haven't even started the actual cage i finally got my tube die yesterday for the two inch cage part of the cage but uh yeah try to get everything laid out that's a yeah, i'm sure i'm sure getting material nice. right now is not easy either well if you could afford it yeah <laughs> right yeah i haven't even gone to the, the i have a I have one stick of two inch right now that I have from a leftover project and I don't even want to look at pricing right now. Cause I heard the pricing just went up again, pretty high back in like January and I haven't bought any material since then. So, See, so my what brother are... went and bought stuff a month ago and he is all small stuff, but it's a lot of sheet, like uh, just a bunch of mild steel three mm sixteenths, -hmm. And he's only spent like 120 bucks and they're both, nice. he bought, four uh four by four sheet and then i think inch and a half oh nine five fifteen feet of it 
Oh, wow. 120 bucks. So I, I don't know if he just got a deal on it or something, but it, yeah, I was I mean, pretty surprised. I think back in Jan- December, January, I think that was the highest, pri- highest prices I've seen because I bought 12 feet of 2-inch 250 Walt for uh, that black FJ I did um, for the links, And then I think I bought 10 feet of uh inch and a half 250 wall and i think just those two pieces alone was like 295 dollars or something like that and now you can get like a 25 foot stick of uh two inch 250 wall um for like 157 dollars or something like that i mean that's better than i expected so i was expecting (laughs) not that you're using 250 wall on your fucking cage but (laughs) no (laughs) yeah my two bender won't even bend that shit right it'll break it'll explode yeah uh, I'm not looking forward to the, the money part, but yeah, got to pay to play, right? Yep. Can't have big dreams without big <laughs> money, I guess. <laughs> you can't have big dreams without empty pockets. Yeah, yeah exactly. That's more true. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't know why we do this to ourselves, but it's an addiction. It's, fun. it's not convince- cheaper than drugs either. It's not cheaper than drugs. <laughs> not even close. Not even close. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. I mean, I guess there's some coke addicts that uh, spend a lot of money but i guess other than that we might be all right yeah probably does, close to that <laughs> dean does your exhaust exit out the side of your forerunner it does <laughs> i love that <laughs> right behind yeah. the back door up by the window does That's it go fun. along the outside of your frame rails or does it go through the frame rail it's uh it runs through like by the factory where the mufflers is actually factory and then okay. I built it up, and it goes behind the back seat, and then uh, ties to the cage, and it shoots out the side of the truck. Oh, it goes out like the quarter panel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! I missed that. I didn't see that part. Yeah. That's fucking it's like, rad. You know, like on the corner where the C pillar is, and it has like the the, the white spot. Or, yeah, the white spot comes out right there. Yeah. Oh shit! That's fucking rad. <laughs> I was like, that's actually really fucking cool. I don't know why. That's just. Word yeah, it's, it's four inch, so it's, it actually sounds pretty sick. Nice. It has a different note than most of the the four O's that I I've been told. Like I never hear it because I'm driving it. Right. But that's another reason why it's so loud inside. Like exhaust yeah. runs through the cab. You still have stock makes... muffler, or you still have uh, mufflers on it, or just I, cats? Yeah, I have. I don't even know what series. It's off my uncle's old buggy. It was a Magnaflow mm-hmm. he was sitting that he said it was too loud, so I threw it on the truck, and then I had it removed. So I had four cats. I removed the two lowers just for the links to clear. So I had the two uppers, and then I actually moved those up because where my links go, I have to push the cats up. So the oh, whole, wow. my my manifolds are all yeah, my manifolds are all modified for the links to clear. Are you running four link up front? Three link. Oh, three link. Gotcha. Actually, because you could run four if you have because you have full hydro now. Yeah, the so passenger side, the manifold is the same. The driver side is all modified. Gotcha. Yeah, but. It's all smashed right now because I, I broke the motor mount off again. So oh, like shit. my my actual frame crumpled and the whole engine fell and the only thing holding it was the alternator sitting on the frame. I like. Oh that. shit! Yeah, that yeah. sounds fun. <laughs> <laughs> yes, right now. Is that now, uh, I, common on fourth gens? Uh, motor mounts failing. Yes. Yes. But I caught it late, so it damaged the frame. So where the frame actually mounted, there's a big, probably like six inch by four inch hole. Yep. There's no material sitting there because it punched through. Damn. Have you already fixed it? I fixed it once before, and my dumbass used, used eighth-inch steel, and it didn't hold. 
So now I'm oh, just push right back through. Yeah. So now I'm going to use probably quarter wrench and tie it up all the way up on my shock mount because I'm tired of it breaking. This is the fourth time it broke. Oh shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. See think what I'm saying, guys? This guy was, runs it hard. <laughs> think if it was a V8 fourth gen because the motor is literally like twice as heavy. As oh yeah. The V6 is. I, I have a tie down strap holding my engine up right now. I like that. <laughs> I like it's that. it's t- tied to the bottom of the block and it's tied up to the engine cage, so it's just sitting there hanging. Perfect. Oh damn. It, it's like like for most guys, it's not an issue. But like if you start doing any start of go fast stuff, you'll push the engine oh, yeah. mounts through the frame. Oh yeah. Like there's some companies that make like engine mount gussets. Like they don't, they're not like great for like especially for what Gene's doing. Like you need to kind of plate the frame at that point. But uh, they are good for most people. I haven't had any issues. And then there's companies out now that are making like poly motor mounts and shit. And, yeah, I have polys on mine. And guys start breaking frames easier with the poly motor mounts because there's just like so little give in the motor mount yeah. now. Yeah, because so my passenger side still has this factory frame horn for the motor mount on there, and I haven't had an issue with that side. It's never broken, so it hasn't fatigued. The driver's side, when I put the polys on, it was already broken, and I didn't know, and I took out the first trip, and the motor broke through. And that was the craziest trip. I was in Ocotillo Wells, and it was a three-hour drive, and I drove the truck there. <laughs> and I wasn't—I didn't have money to call a tow truck, so I drove it with a broken motor mount all the way home. I love oh, that. Oh man! So every time you get on the gas, lifts the motor up. <laughs> oh, and I could hear the drive shaft rubbing on the gas tank. It was sweet. <laughs> Damn. Yeah. When I had uh, when I first got my Forerunner, like when I first started off-roading it, my motor mount, just like the rubber part, completely came across or came open, and. I was driving every time I was in four low, all that torque that I was pushing on the motor was causing the motor to lift so much. It was pulling my intake off my, you know, <laughs> off the manifold. So I would instantly die. It'd be like, tor, 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 tor. like, what the fuck is going on? So I looked and I'm like, Oh, what the heck? Yeah. The intake came off. So I get a screwdriver out, you know, open it up, put the hose clamp back on, go back up. The motor kept leaning so much that I kept pulling the, the whole intake off. That's, That's hilarious. Yeah. It took me a while to figure out because by the time I got out, I'm like, why is it off? I just tightened it. So it took yeah, me a while. Yeah, I've seen out. so many Toyotas, like especially like the second gen Tacomas and Fortune 400s when I'm out wheeling and stuff. And I'll look over and like if it's a salt axle swap one, it will have the wheel wheels all cut out. And you look over and you see the engine torquing. And that's how you know they haven't upgraded the motor mounts yet. <laughs> and they're obviously yeah. broken. Yep. Yeah. Damn. So my, yours, well, the, my four low shifter does this a lot when I'm wheeling, and I probably should put new motor mounts in it. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, see, I see my, my trans mount's completely solid, so my it doesn't move. See, mine's solid right now too. I I need to replace it. I all I ended up doing is the bushings were so shot that I just welded the two pieces together. I just exactly threw it I like that. Is that what you, that's what you did? Yeah, <laughs> I just played it all together. Used the broken one, just made it solid. Uh, I didn't even modify. I didn't even pull it off the truck. I just oh. literally, it was touching. <laughs> the The rubber was gone. Like it was out of the way, basically. And it, just the two plates were touching. I'm like, you know what? For now, I'll just do that. And then that for now has been like six months. Yeah, so my mine was trans- smashed. I just <clears throat> boxed it together. Oh, there you go. My transmission Water. was hitting my skid plate, the trans pan. And because the rear trans mount was gone. So I had to yeah. replace it to get it off the fucking skid plate. <laughs> so, so, Dean, on yours... You have full hydro. How does it drive on the street and shit? Is it tolerable? Terrible. 
terrible. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> At I least mean, he's so, honest. <laughs> so it's doable. So I set the truck up originally since it was a custom fab housing. I set the caster pretty high just so I knew I was going to go full hydro. So at first I had crossover, and at that time it sucked. I couldn't steer it because I had 14 degrees of caster on the axle. As soon as I went full hydro, it made it easier to steer. It It's like driving a forklift. But with mm-hmm. the upgraded caster, my steering wheel actually recenters on most. Oh, like nice. if, you, if you use like a super duty axle, which has usually about six degrees of caster, if you turn, it's going to stay turned. And, but mine, because of the heavy caster, the wheels are so far back when they rake over, the truck's naturally going to push it forward. So gotcha. it, it pushes the ramp back straight. What uh, what orbital valve do you have? Do you have like a load reactive orbital yeah, valve? Yeah, load reactive. It's it's the full PSC kit. I just gotcha. I was going to piece one together to try to save money, but I was like, if I'm doing full hydro, I want it to work right. So I bought everything from PSC: the pump, the ram, the reservoir, cooler, all of it, just so I do that they sized it properly instead of me getting in the knit has freaking 13 turns to go lock to lock. Right. right. Yeah. That doesn't, and then you end up spending more money replacing yeah. parts and selling used yeah. parts for nothing. And that, yeah, that was the thing with the, the IFS box I had on my truck before when I had crossover, it was six turns lock to lock. And when trying to do pre-owner stuff, it was so hard to keep it straight. Oh yeah. I'm sure. That's a and lot of turning. As, as soon as I came into a turn, I had to like almost come to a stop to make a turn, like in a wash or something. So now my truck's two and a half turns locked to lock, which is so much nicer. Do you ever get lost in the steering? Because it, cause it'll just keep turning, right? Yeah, my steering wheel, like, I have a GoPro video, and you can see my steering wheel is upside down. Right. But it, it's basically by feel. Like, if, if you've never driven one, and I just gave the truck to someone just to go drive, they'd probably crash it just because of that. They keep trying to fight the steering wheel to be straight. But I'm so used to it. It's just, I drive by, like, the seat of my pants kind of thing, where... I just feel the way the truck's acting. You that's should, how I yeah, you should be able to feel it, right? Yeah. Shit. I thought about doing full hydro for a while, and now I don't want to. <laughs> I'm going to do swing set steering at this point, but for a while, I was like, I mean, I, for the moment, I'll just do full hydro until I, you know, figure shit out. And I mean, there's ways to do full hydro with, the, like, a steering box. Uh, his name? D-Mill with a welder on Instagram has that a Sequoia that races hammers. Yeah. Uh, so he races 4,500 and, and 4,500 you have to have a mechanical linkage to the axle for your steering, but he has a double on your ramp. So he is running kind of full hydro. He's not, I don't know if it's putting out as much pressure as full hydro would be, but he has his steering box has the drag link going down to the other side of the axle and then it's double sided ram. So I'm sure you can figure out a way to do it at the IFS, but I'm not sure. Wow. Never even heard of that. I've never seen a double-sided ram like on a hydro assist kind of thing, but yeah. mostly hydro. <laughs> yeah. I mean, crossover steering is still not crossover steering. Swing set steering is still on IFS cars to me is the way to go. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just because you, you, so you, you can still run ram assist too. Exactly. That's the whole idea. So uh, luckily, because I was going to try to do it all myself, but I don't freaking have time these days with work and all that too. like, I was going to like build my own kit, do all this stuff, and yeah. I just ran out of time. So luckily, we got – I don't know if you know Tommy Trago of TT Motorsports. But, yeah, he's uh, out in Western Valley. Yeah, so he's kind of doing all the things that I want to do. And uh, between me and my buddy Robert, we've kind of convinced him to yeah, – I, hey, I actually saw his beginning of that. Oh, yeah? Swings, uh, crossover – not cross. I keep seeing crossover. That's I-beams. Swing, uh, swing steer. 
Yeah. That's so sick. he's he's getting started on it. So we finally convinced him that he's been wanting to do it for a long time. But we're like, hey, I mean, I'll buy a kit. Robert's <laughs> going to buy a kit. There's two people, and I'm sure we can get other people to buy a kit. And yep. I'd gladly pay a little extra to not have to design it myself. So Yeah, my, my cousin so. has a, a Fortune 400 that has uh, full long travel and all that stuff. I told him to talk to him about possibly doing that on his because he, he has rack problems all the time on his truck. Oh, yeah. Trevor, you know about that, right? No, I've, I've never had an issue with my steering rack. <laughs> Mine's been fine the whole time. The one that's in there has been fine since I put it in there. Is it a, a Riley's one? <laughs> no. Was that like two Toyota. months ago? <laughs> it was last year in Moab, actually. <laughs> yeah. Steering racks suck. They just, I think... between everyone cracking them, blowing out the seals. And then they have like, a lot of these companies are doing like the, uh, the rack saver kit. Where it helps, like yeah. there's a little bushing guide thing. I don't understand if that actually does anything. There's I feel no like... fucking way that actually works. Because it, I mean, it it still has it, the ability to twist, so it's still gonna like. I have right. seen some people do designs like that on like like a Tundra, mm-hmm. right. where it actually takes some of the load off of it, but it's still you still blow the racks out. Yeah, I couldn't imagine it being like any significant amount of load because I Be- feel like a lot of the load ends up being going up into it because like when you're drooped out especially long travel when you're drooped up your tie rods are now pushing up on the steering rack at an angle and you know when your tires are wanting to compress in as you're hitting rocks and shit and all that load is going up into the rack well you're you're not just pushing the rack in you're like side loading the rack up at an angle Mm -hmm. so if you have just a tube that's you know in there that tube can rotate so it's still pushing up on the rack it's just maybe a little bit less I couldn't imagine doing much the only thing i have seen one guy use one of those and he like cut the ends of the racks and stuff the ends of the rack off too and then he uh used hydro assist on top of that ram or like on top of that tube but i don't know how he got because the pressure difference between the actual ram and how fast the rack moves but i mean it seemed to work just fine but now you have hydro assist on top of a dog shit rack so yeah, I mean, if you could find a way to make the rack saver strong enough, maybe you'd have to have, like, two sleeves. That way it's right. triangulated, so it can't, like, lift up, you know? Yep. So, I don't know. There's probably ways to do it, but at that point, swing set. Yeah. I think the, the rack saver <clears throat> sleeve, where it attaches the two together, doesn't... I don't think it works that well. I think, literally, if you had, like, Himes on it, that went over the steering rack and mounted to the frame or something like that to like stop the rack from pushing up or something. Uh, instead of having just a tube joining the two together. Like that way, like the, the actual rack centerpiece can't actually right. move up uh, off to the yeah. side. Yeah. yeah. I think that's the only way that I could think of is like to actually keep the rack center section, not the actual housing, but whatever you call that, the, I don't know what you'd call that piece, but the fucking chrome part in the middle. If you right. keep that from moving, then you know up and down, side to side, only yeah. side to side, I guess. And I think the like I don't think I've ever like the my steering rack will start to get sloppy, and it does I imagine have to do with obviously the gear mesh, and I'm sure side loading the gears in the rack like starts to wear the gears out, but a rack saver in there is going to do nothing to save that anyway. So it wouldn't make any, like, the the only thing you're really stopping is it pushing against itself or pushing up against. And I've never taken one of those racks apart. Is it 
it's got to be like some sort of like bronze or nickel bronze sleeve or bushing in there, right? Uh, that it slides no back and forth on. I'm uh, assuming something then, of the sort. And then a seal. So eventually you're just going to wear that bushing out and the seal out. And then like, it's just kind of trash. So yeah, so many better solutions. And for the yeah, cost of those rack savers too. I mean, like people are selling them for like a thousand dollars. Yeah, you do swing series for the same price. Right. If, exactly. Or, or even if it was double, I mean, I would you... pay double for a swing set. Oh, yeah. for sure. I'd pay. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm going to pay well over double, but I would pay well over double. <laughs> I'll tell anyone. At least I can have swing sets. Well, because I have to buy it when it comes release, so I don't want them getting bad ideas to charge me too much. Because <laughs> I don't know if I've, I've actually had a, a friend set a swing sear set up on a, a Tundra, and he basically used leaf spring shackles for, really? the swing, for the swingers and then the actual shackle hangers. And then just a tube across, and the steering box just went to it, and then his tie rods. So it works. Super it works. Simple, super simple setup. But it yeah. Works. Yeah. They're. I mean, they're not that hard. It's just you have to make sure you're getting the ratios right, so that yeah. way you don't have like crazy Ackerman. Because if you angle like the actual, you know, shackles too much in, then you're going to have like high Ackerman. If you do it parallel, then you're going to get like negative Ackerman, which isn't good. And then if you have the spacing too far apart, then you know potentially bumps yeah. you. So it's yeah. not that hard. It's just getting every little piece to line up. It's just and that, time. And that's for full, full hydro school. There's no bumps here. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you, if, yeah, if you're on a solid axle, then yeah, there's none. Yeah. Only you thing can't. you have to worry about is Ackerman and depending on how you put it. But yeah. I mean, at that point, it's so little that you probably don't even notice it in the dirt. I don't, well, there's no feedback even in my steering wheel. Very weird. <laughs> are most yeah. trophy truck swing set or are they like Segna or something? Uh, so, the, a lot of trophy trucks nowadays are going with like power steering solutions, um, steering box with a swing set. A lot of trucks oh, okay. nowadays are doing there's that. Those, and then there's and then there's the a racks. steering rack. It's like a hydraulic steering rack that still has like a mechanical input. Mm -hmm. Doesn't do they have the mechanical input on those racks? I think they do. They do. It's it's like what they run on buggies. So the mm -hmm. you have the gear going on to the slider, and right. then you have the hoses coming down, and the it's a double sided ram that push with it. Which oh, you could it. do on an IFS truck. Like, mm -hmm. I've seen guys do that too on like a 1450 truck. We'll yeah. use our rack that way, like off the class one car. Mm -hmm. And they're not as expensive as like a high end swing set setup. Because those high end swing set setups are like, they're expensive. Yeah. Yeah. And they're weird that some of the steering boxes sit in the middle. Right yeah. The, the steering box, and it has like a really long, like, uh, I don't know what you'd call that piece, not the uh, idler arm or anything, but. Yeah, sector shaft. Sector shaft. Yeah. Yeah, they'll have like super long sector shafts, like eight yeah. inches long, because they'll sit like up in the bulkhead, and then they'll drop down, and then they'll be connected to the swing set uh, steering. Okay. So it's if you look at like power looking. steering solutions, they have uh, some pretty nice, like really high end billet ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Not stuff that I can afford, but they're crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's crazy how expensive you can get into just like steering components, but if you fuck yeah. up your steering while you're racing. You ain't winning any races. Yeah, I like to be able to trust my steering. I don't want my steering just shooting off one way and ending up on my roof. So, oh yeah, yeah. Have I you ever rolled a vehicle? To live life that way. <laughs> <laughs> Have you rolled a vehicle yet? Me? No, I've only flopped one. On flopped side. on the side. In the the Forerunner or your? No, and it, I was in a a Jeep, like an old crawler, when I was probably like thirteen. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's the only time I've ever done that but the forerunner i've had on two wheels many times 
It's been close. Going fast or going slow? Fast. Ooh, that's yeah, that's scary. That's scary yeah. shit. My, my, my first trip bad. out ever. My first trip with the truck ever. When they got the cage and the sawdust to swap. Rowling off the wells and I got through some washboard and the truck wasn't tuned or anything. It just slid sideways, went on two wheels. It was literally like so close to going on its roof. And I just gunned it straight into a berm and just like, all right, I'm done driving it. Yeah, that shit's scary. Yeah, I've only right. gotten two wheels maybe a couple times. You know, it's a little bit easier on like a, or easier to stay on Vol 4 when you're on a little small stock IFS truck. But yeah, once you get to that level and you have a big truck. The stuff know. that sketches me out, like, because, like, Western Washington and, like, you obviously see when you've been up here to Oregon, like, shit's so fucking steep all the time. Like, you're literally going, like, up shit. And, like, when you're going up something and the truck's, like, already super off camera leaning and then, like, you really got to load it up and you're loading it up and it's just lifting the front tire off the ground. And, like, you don't know if you lay into it, if it's just going to, like, lay back down or if... The truck's gonna, gonna keep going stand back. up on, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've gone up some ledges where it's like the front end comes up and you're like almost floating. Uh, you could feel like yeah. almost floating. Yeah. Luckily, it was never like in a sketchy situation, like you're going up like a super big hill or anything. But it's just like right. a ledge. You all of a sudden you're like, oh whoa, this is weird. Yeah. I don't want to do that on a hill though. Nah. Fuck yeah, that. I've had my truck in those situations a couple times. Oh yeah. Haven't haven't flopped in the rocks yet, but I know it's coming. Yeah, it's just a matter of time. That's it's why you build a cage. Yeah. harnesses and shit so that way who built your cage it looks really nice uh it's a shop called jrt fabrication he's out in uh san jacinto okay i like oh really area. yeah gotcha that's kind of kind of my neck of the woods i'm in banning so yeah he's he does some good work he did uh, a couple of my other friends cages as well gotcha so that's i got recommended from him from a couple guys and had it sit over there for a little while and had him build it. And then, had it, well, it started, he did my leaf spring setup way before the cage went in. Right. So mm-hmm. I, I, bl- I blew up the eight inch. I'm like, I'm not putting this back in. So I gave him the nine inch of the leaf springs and ran it with no shocks for like six months. <laughs> with yeah. no shocks? <laughs> yeah. Just drove it around, just bouncing around. Yep. That is hilarious. Yeah. Yeah. I broke some shocks one time and I was driving around. And it was hilarious because I'd go to the stop signs and I'd just hit the brakes and it would, I thought I was going to lose a spring because I kept hearing my springs come out. So I was bouncing so hard, but I was doing it on purpose. And so my brother was nearby and he was taking, or no, I don't even think he, someone was nearby, took a video. And then like the low rider song by war. Yeah. So it was just, it was fucking great. Yeah. I was bouncing all over the place. I'll have to share that video if I can find it. I love when you watch like cars go down the road that you like know like have like four hundred thousand miles on like stock struts and that's just like do you like see him hit a bump yeah. on the freeway and the front end of the trucks just like yeah the old right Ford expeditions are so yep. new for doing that yep you see those things bouncing around I want those that. things on airbags those old expeditions oh those are the navigators yeah. oh yeah no I thought the expeditions were too weren't they yeah I think in the rear yeah in the rear because you always see those things popped. Those old yep. ones that are just you right see, in. like all expeditions ever are like Carolina or California, Carolina squat, whatever the fuck they call it. Yeah, it's just right. blown air bags. <laughs> yeah, I used to always think that was like a style because you know it's all like the ghetto people not having money to fix it, but I didn't know that's right. what the problem was. I thought they're yeah. like, man, why are these people putting like freaking super low springs in the rear? And then my buddy was a mechanic. He's like, no, man, that they don't do that on purpose. They're broke. They're <laughs> like, oh, shit. Airbags are broke. Because <laughs> you always see them. They're always either like, you know, you could tell that they're ghetto usually. And they don't fix their shit. Yep. I always thought it was a style, but 
No. Drive through San Bernardino. Oh yeah. I, I thought it was a trend, not a <laughs> not a problem. And they're still there with the same blown bags. Yeah, exactly. How many two thousand and eight navigators are in San Bernardino? I try my best to avoid that going in that direction. <laughs> like you ever see like the Lion King? Like we don't go over there, like that's the bad area. <laughs> that's how we are, is like you could see it. Like if I stand on the roof of my office, I could see it, but I don't go over there. Actually, I went over there on Wednesday because my wife's grandparents live over there. They've been there since like the 60s. So uh, we went swimming at their house. Nice. But, uh, yeah. Did you get shot at? No, but it was not the most welcoming place to be. Driving through, going up a Del Rosa. If you guys know the area, um, it's not even the worst part of it either. But there's like certain liquor stores like, oh, I've seen like news articles that like someone got shot at that liquor store. <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty bad. When I, I lived in Parkland, as soon as I moved out of my parents' house, it was always like the ongoing joke at the Parkland house, whether it was gunshots or fireworks. It was like, just yeah, like that's a, a normal San thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you know right. San Bernardino, right, Trevor? You've heard of it, heard of uh, that city? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> one of the worst places in like America. But it ugh. is. What, would you rather go to San Bernardino or fucking down or south side of Chicago? I'd probably go to San, San Bernardino. Bernardino. San Bernardino. <laughs> yeah. 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 I know the places to avoid and I've spent right. a little bit of time there. Not by choice, but yeah, I'm familiar. Or Chicago, I don't know how bad it's going to be. <laughs> Back in your younger days. <laughs> yeah. I used to work out there all the time. Fuck so. that. And all my coworkers were from the area and I was like the only white guy so it was like hey Weto let's go get some beers at lunch and they'd take me some ghetto ass places <laughs> it was fun though and you're yeah, that's, where you get, that's where you get the good food though yes. oh hell yeah there's some good food out there just oh, yeah. gotta dodge some bullets to get there <laughs> that's how like downtown Tacoma is like so obviously I'm sure you guys being in California have seen like memes about how sh- a sh- much of a shithole Seattle is mm-hmm. uh, downtown Tacoma is like just as bad which is where one of our biggest shops was and then all of the shops have now moved to Lakewood which is much nicer but in downtown Tacoma there is so many good fucking food spots and there's like I would say half the spots that you go to down there it's cash only they don't take card and you're like, yeah. like if you walk in and they're like, there's a sign on the door, like cash only, like this place is going to be fucking really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they have like a seafood rating. You're like, fuck it. Right. Yep. Their, their food's good. Yep. <laughs> That's always, I always joke around. Like you'll have, you'll see places and like they have a B rating and people are like, oh my God, I'm never going there. I'm like, bro, that's that, that adds to the flavor. Right. Some like good, some really good shitty Mexican food. Shitty as in like, it's not high quality, but it, it's just so good. Yep. That's my favorite. Oh yeah. I totally agree. It's, it's like the people that don't ever wash the coffee cup it's as yeah. seasoning. Right. It's, it's like a cast iron skillet. <laughs> I don't, as you long know. as I don't like see the k- kitchen, I'm fine. I don't care what the food, like is the food's good. The food's good. As long yeah, as there's no rat shit. Like that's the, right. that's where I draw the line. No rat shit. No rat Other shit. Other than that, it'll work. It'll taste good. <laughs> it's no different beer. than going to other countries. Right. Oh yeah. Other countries are, probably way worse than our C-rated restaurants. Right. Yeah. Could be worse. Nothing. It can't be worse than the shit I cook at home. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Do you man. cook or is it just fucking schmuckers uh, on Crustables and 
Um, Miller White. I mean, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I'll cook eggs every once in a while. That's it. Mariah gotta, comes home from doing something one day, and you home. just have the kids sitting on the counter drinking Miller Light and eating Uncrustables. <laughs> they needed some carbs, man. We're right. hanging outside all day. Got to get some calories in. Got to rehydrate. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. No, uh, it doesn't work that way. No? No, I can't do that. Can't tell but, anyone on public. Right. No <laughs> one public listens broadcast. to this anyway. Right. Yeah. Well... Uh, do we have anything else we want to share or talk about before we tie this thing up? This might be one of the fastest episodes we've had. That is like only an hour long. We That's, had like a. It's easier for me editing if we keep them to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I do yeah. like the I do like the long ones, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's better for the listeners. Yeah, yeah. Well, we only record once a week, so well, on average, like once every like six months, but this last like two months we've had once a week so it gives people yeah. something to listen to over the week it's been good I, my, my drive my drive's only well actually i work from home right now so it's even better but, nice <laughs> but my drive usually is about half an hour each way so i pull up so about there you go yeah i'm usually on the phone driving home and shit so i get like i have like a 30 minute drive each way but i spend like 10 15 minutes listening Right. Then I have some other podcasts that I like to listen to too. So I'm know, glad when, that we when like Trevor me. or Kyle are recording, they get put on the back burner sometimes. Fact. <laughs> <laughs> I like when like we have uh like how we do the podcast. Like we don't like the only thing that we edit is the beginning and the end, like chop out whatever we're telling a guest before that we start so they have an idea what's going on. And then we chop the end of it off and then we just leave everything. I go through it, make sure like we didn't get out of sync uh, in it and like have to. You didn't edit up. the last one. No, the last one. I, you like clipped the beginning and end. I was like, fuck it. It sounds fine. I'm just going to roll with it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's like yeah. 10 seconds. Amanda. That was blank. Right. But, yeah. Whatever. Well, I think. Uh, with the amount we get paid, you get what you pay for with this podcast. So yeah, I'm, still free, get, I'm still waiting right. for that beer sponsor to come. I know. We're going to have to start talking to phone people. Pub Beer did share my post um, where I, I was saw that staffing. Really? Yeah, I had like a ten can tall wizard. Oh, I staff saw that. And, I did see uh, that. Uh, pub Beer or Ten Barrel shared it, so I was like, "That's sick." Nice. So. I'm gonna have to find some Pub Beer and share it, and see if we can get a get a six pack or something. I mean, like, we all, we're not trying to get much, guys. We're just trying to get some free beer. They're in, they're in Bend. They're literally directly between us. Oh, that's probably where I've seen their stuff. Because I'll say I've yeah. seen their stuff around. And then I go visit my buddy. He lives in Bend. You're coming right up outside. for Browns Camp, right? Flying it. Yeah, I need to get my ticket. Uh, I'll bring a bunch with me for that. So. Okay. I could drink a bunch. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Grab a couple uh, 36 packs of 16 ounces. I'll probably buy twelve ounces this time. It's a little easier <laughs> to fit in the cooler. <laughs> oh man, that one that last time. So I don't know if you you listened to one of our other episodes, but uh, he bought. He asked me what I want for like food and drinks, and I was like, oh, just grab like a maybe a thirty six pack or two. We're only there for like three days, and you know maybe some uncrustables. He's like, okay, so he he got gets it, and we killed like almost all the beers. But I didn't realize until I was probably like I don't know that second half of the, the or the yeah halfway through the second day and i didn't realize that i'm drinking 
16 ounces this whole time. Yep. So I'm over here thinking that, like, man, it's taking forever to drink these beers. I got to drink them faster. <laughs> I, <laughs> yeah, you can't yeah. have them get warm. He grabs a beer, and, like, I think he only noticed it because, like, he was starting to get a good buzz on. He grabs a beer, and he sticks it. I remember this. He sticks it into the koozie. And it doesn't go all the way in. He like pushes it, pulls it back out of the koozie, looks in the bottom of the koozie, pushes it back in. <laughs> and he's like, these are 16 ounces. And I look at him like, yeah, they have been all weekend, Steven. <laughs> yeah, I thought we got into like another case or something. But <laughs> yeah, Standard. they're having a good time. I wasn't driving, so I could do whatever I want. That's what, That was the cool those part. Are, those are the best trips. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have no you responsibility. Down and, and you're going to be the drunk, the drunk driver, not driver. Yeah. driver. <laughs> drunk passenger. <laughs> <laughs> yep. All I have to do is spot people, and I didn't even have to do that, really. Right. It was a good time. The only risk you had was getting back to the airport, but we had, like, eight people there, so I'm sure you would have found a ride back somehow, so. Yeah. We're getting bugged, here. like, hanging out by the airport in Portland. <laughs> is it that ghetto down there? I just drop you off and leave. I'm like, fuck I've driven that. through Portland, and there's, like, whole, like, towns of, like, oh yeah, and shit. Yeah. Was, I know that the airport was actually nice, but... Remember, I was telling you, like, oh, just drop me off, but it was COVID and nothing was open. Oh, so you that's couldn't drop right. Because I was there, going to be, I was going to be there like three or four hours early. Right. And uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. But it ended up working out because I didn't get like stabbed by a homeless person on heroin. Or that's get stabbed with heroin <laughs> by a homeless person. <laughs> Imagine getting shot up in the street, like, having to explain that. You're like, you're like, I, I don't know why, but I feel so good. I need some more of it. Right. <laughs> now you just live in Portland as a heroin addict. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. All right. Yeah. This is derailed. <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, well, Dan, it's been great having you on. Thank you for sharing about uh, you know your rig. It's for you guys that, again, I keep telling you guys, just check out his IG because he's got some really cool shit. And Thank you. he sends it hard. It's a cool build. It's very unique. It's fun. I'm sure. I'm, I'm looking forward to wheeling with you one of these days once I oh, yeah. get my shit together. I have the stock forerunner, but that's not as fun. I'm out there all the time. And if you're hey. listening to this podcast, obviously you probably saw our his. I'll we'll will have tagged his Instagram on our Instagram. But if uh, you just want to look it up, it's underscore Dean underscore Grain, which is G R A E N and then underscore, uh, and you can find him there. And his rig is sick. And I don't know how I've never fucking seen this thing before until tonight. But yeah, I mean, I saw it for the first time like a year ago when we were at that uh, Baja Society event, and I was talking to your brother. He's like, "Oh yeah, my brother has this, you know, fourth gen forerunner." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I feel like I know all the cool forerunners and stuff." And yeah, sure shit. And then I saw yeah. it. I was pretty intrigued. Pretty secret. Yeah, yeah, when you sent me his Instagram, I saw it. I was like, I have no idea who the fuck this is. And then I clicked on it. It was like, follow back. I was like, well, yes, obviously, follow back. And then I was like, I was like, I scrolled through the whole thing before we got on here. I was like, this thing's fucking sweet. And then, like, I, like a bunch of my friends follow you too, and I had never seen it before. I was like, this is fucking weird, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's good. Good time. Typical social yeah. media. Well, thanks, Welcome. Dean. We appreciate yep. it. It was a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. Of course.